This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. On this week's show, A Quiet Place 2 makes some noise at the box office. Wednesday is the new Friday on Disney+, and we are talking about our favorite TV and movie dads. Welcome, everyone, to episode 85 of the From a Certain Point of View podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Adam. Happy Father's Day, Josh. Happy Father's Day to you. And and I, I would like to point out that 85 is the episode. 1985, of course, the year that Back to the Future takes place. What a, I was what born a great, in 1985. I was born just a little bit later in January of 86. So the next show so, is yours. The show is mine. Yeah, exactly. So I dedicate this show to you and your... Wow, and another your, one. Man, I'm racking up yeah. the shows in my honor lately. And to Back to the Future as well. Okay, all right. Yeah. So do we'll anything fun? Do anything fun? Get anything fun Father's Day? We're recording this on Father's Day, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And happy Father's Day to all the fathers that are listening. Yes. Um, for me, um, I was treated to a skillet concert, actually, um, a, uh, a, cool. a drive-in a drive-in theater concert actually um so that that okay so was that like uh like like drive-in theater like on a screen type thing well they they were they there set up they were there oh okay Um, cool all right so it was jordan felice um colton dixon and skillet who are all christian artists and um and they they were there and, but they at night when Skillet was playing, like they they showed the performance on the big screen as well because it was dark okay. enough at that point to be able to see it. Um, I will say I, while I had a great time and really enjoyed it, and I'm really thankful to see Skillet again because they're my favorite band. Um, I will say I don't re- highly recommend driving um, concerts just okay. because like we got pretty good tickets. Like we, we paid a good amount of money for our tickets. We got oh. like the second best section you can get. And because the, the, the vehicles are parked like three or four cars deep, at least in, in these sections, um, we weren't, we were not close. <laughs> at, you know, it was, it was hard to see and and even at times here, you know, okay. everything clearly. So, um, it's just, you know, the vehicles take up so much space. You're kind of distanced. Sure, sure. I know the idea is yeah. to distance from other people, but it's weird being at a concert and not being close to other people. And like, I felt like I had to sing really quiet because all the people could hear me because <laughs> the music wasn't all that loud. So, um, Awkward. It, it was, yeah, it, you know, it was different, <laughs> yeah, but, it, right. but it was it, at the same time, it was great to be able to see live music again. So yeah, I get that. How about you? Um, I got a, I got a new grill tonight that we used, uh, for mm-hmm. dinner, Just cooked a couple steaks on there and a hot dog for grace. 
picked this guy up uh, on Amazon. They had the Lord of the Rings 4K trilogy on sale for 60 bucks the other day. Nice. Uh, so yeah, that's... for 33% off. So That is definitely a must-own. Yeah, so that was, that was my Father's Day, and uh, yeah, it was a good one. That's awesome. I'm awesome. glad to hear that. Yeah. I was thinking about um, getting the digital versions of the Indiana Jones 4K series. Oh, um, okay. And they had, I saw like a week or so ago, they had all four of them for like 30 bucks in 4K. I yeah. should have got it then yeah. because today when I was looking, it went up. Like it was like uh, 40 bucks on Vudu and like 50 on Apple TV. Yeah. Um, but I need to get that so that I can finish my watch of yeah. Indiana Jones. Yeah, so. definitely. Um, but yeah. So what have you been watching this week? Um, this week I revisited a film that had a, a day and date release on HBO Max, um, uh, a film called The Little Things with uh, Denzel Washington, um, Rami Malek, and um, Jared Leto. Okay. Um, and if you're if you're a fan of like, you know, true crime type stuff, I know you are, Adam, um, sure. and and just investigating like serial killers and th then this movie is probably for you. Denzel Washington is probably one of my favorite actors of all time. Um, and he, he's great in this playing like kind of the, the older, older detective who kind of has this cold case from a few years back that okay. the, the only reason he's coming back to do this job is because he wants to finish, you know, um, what he never finished in, in this cold case. And um, Rami Malek plays the other, up and coming detective and then Jared Leto plays the suspect and he's chilling in it. He's so creepy and convincing um, as this suspect. There's just some great performances um, and it's, it didn't end the way I thought it would at all. Like it, it kind of throws a curveball at the end that I didn't see coming. So it's, it's interesting, you know, it, it leaves things a little bit open to interpretation at the end too. So if you haven't seen the little things, it is on HBO Max now, and I would definitely recommend it. Nice. Uh, mine is going to be uh, Luca, uh, which is the newest Disney Pixar uh, movie that went straight to Disney Plus. No premiere access on this one. It's included in your Disney Plus subscription. And I gotta say, I wasn't like super jazzed for this one. Um, you know, seeing previews and trailers and all that stuff. Uh, so I wasn't quite sure what to think, but man, I I enjoyed the heck out of this movie. I really adored it. Um, mm -hmm. the, the the setting it, it it takes place in this like Italian coast town uh, fishing village. Uh, the premise is that Luca is a a, a sea monster uh, who, when he's underwater or just wet, uh, takes on the appearance of a sea monster. Uh, but when he's on land and dry, uh, he he. Uh, transforms into into a human form uh he meets a, a another sea monster alberto who's you know pretty used to to going to what they call the land monster village the human village and uh you know it, it's really a it, it's a really light-hearted tale about you know like friendship and uh, kind of discovering who you are uh that type of thing i i i Loved, like I said, the setting. I loved the animation style, the art style. Uh, the animation's just gorgeous. Uh, there's, oh, one, yeah. uh, I'm trying to do this spoiler free, but there's one set, there's one part where you know Luca gets, uh, you know, out of the water, 
and starts looking around and just everything that they animate that he sees for the first time uh, above water is just breathtaking. Uh, you know how, how those little shots are animated. Um, but I love the art style of the characters. I really kind of fell in love with that. It almost takes on like a uh, like, like a Peanuts vibe at some points. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like a comic strip vibe. Um, kind of, I kind of got those you know feelings multiple times through the movie. There's kind of like watching like a like a comic strip. And then the characters I, I really, really got attached to, uh, especially Julia. I thought Julia was an amazing character. Uh, Agreed. You know, just kind of this, she calls herself an under, underdog, but, you know, she's kind of this uh, very uh, spontaneous, spunky, loud personality, but she's, like, she becomes, like, a fierce friend of these two. And, um, you know, the story that I think that they tell in an hour and a half, you know, with, with these three friends, friends meeting each other, becoming closer, you know, the journeys that they go on, you know, the trials that they come up on, I thought it was really, really well done. And, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of Soul, uh, which is Pixar's last, uh, last movie. But this Luca brought me right back for for Pixar. I, I think this for me this was a home run. I, I love this movie. Yeah, I have to agree. I actually just got done watching it just before okay. we started recording, and and um, you know, Sydney of course really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, and, and Brittany, yeah. Brittany did too. Um, and it was funny because I put it on, and I was like, Sid, do you want to watch this movie? And she's like, eh, I don't know. I'm gonna play on my iPad or something like that. And I'm like, okay. And then she saw like what we were watching mm-hmm. and she was like, Hey, I do want to watch this. She's like, <laughs> I didn't know you were watching a kid movie. I thought you were watching a dad thing or something like, like <laughs> it, it was, it was funny. Um, but yeah, she liked it. I, I thought this is another solid entry. I'm, I'm with you. I didn't love soul. Um, I liked it. I enjoyed it, but and, and Luca isn't necessarily like up there for me with like the likes of Moana. And, no, and the, but it's right there with like Onward for me, which I also really liked. Um, I think I, I would, you know, I feel like it's right in that in that zone for me. Um, I thought Jacob Tremblay as um, Luca was absolutely endearing um, and, and just a character that I quickly fell in love with. And, and yeah, I think Julia was a great character too. Yeah. Julia um, Massimo, which was Julia's dad. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really kind of, I really liked his character too. Yeah. Um, you know, and then both the leads, Alberto and, and Luca were wonderful. Um, yeah, they, they formed a great friendship, you yeah. know, which was really, and, and it was kind of like, um, Alberto was sort of like the bad influence character, you know, <laughs> yeah, early yeah. on, like introducing him to all the human stuff that Luca wasn't allowed to kind of, mm-hmm. um, you know, get into. And you know yeah. what I, I really enjoyed about this is that it actually kind of ended up being as much Alberto's story as Luca's story, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah. and I don't want to say too much more other than that, you know, to not spoil how this thing shakes out, but it, you know, sure. it, it, it really, you know, like you said, a lot of this is about the stuff that Luca couldn't experience. Um, but then, you know, you find out towards the end, a lot of it was about the stuff that uh, that Alberto couldn't experience mm-hmm. either. You know, absolutely. And and I li- I liked a lot of aspects I liked about this movie was um, 
Luca just being exposed to all this new stuff and learning mm-hmm. all these new things, just starting with how to walk and um, yeah, just yeah. being introduced to the human experience and everything, which was cool. Yeah. And, um, and Luke, it's, it's intercut with these little uh, segments of like Luca's imagination running away. I th- those are a lot of fun. Uh, you, mm-hmm. know, I, you know, I think that kind of brings, brought me in a little bit extra, you know, to, to Luca as a character. So yeah definitely and and like you said i thought the visuals were stunning the colors were just amazing you know again i i say this a lot but especially if you're watching it you know with hdr or dolby vision or something on a 4k tv the the colors are just unbelievable um and everything about it just looks beautiful yeah so it's interesting that this went straight to disney plus uh you know it wasn't Mm -hmm. a premier access title it's it wasn't in theaters at all. You know, this is straight to Disney Plus and that's it. And it's kind of surprising, I think. I, I think this could have done pretty pretty well in, in, in theaters, but Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I mean maybe they were maybe they underestimated it a little bit. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. I, I was kinda I was kinda getting that feeling too. Like I was, you know, watching it wondering why and you know, um, like I said at the top of this, like I, I, I wasn't too jazzed for this, and maybe that's, that's kind of the vibe that they got. But I, I mean, I, I don't have any complaints about this movie. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd definitely recommend it. I mean, yeah. especially you know, if you have you have Disney Plus, it's already included. You yeah, have a young one at anything. home, right? Right. Um, you know, you even if you don't have a kid and you like the animated films, I mean, this is another solid entry. Um, yeah but the kids will definitely love it as well. So yeah, I've yeah, watched I mean, it actually like t- two times the whole way through, maybe bits of a third. So, I mean, I've really enjoyed mm-hmm. this. So for me, this kind of puts it like, like I, I got a lot of like rat- Ratatouille vibes, you know, and I don't mm-hmm. know if it's just, you know, the, uh, it, it's very Italian and I, I really like that. Yeah, about I can see it, that, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah, with Ratatouille having those, those French vibes, I, I, I really yeah. kind of dug that too. Um, and, and Pixar has been doing really good stuff, you know, with, um, I don't want to like, like these international flavors of movies, yeah, know, just different saying, culture, like, like, like looking Coco at different cultures and, and you know, all yeah. this other stuff. I, I think it's really been incredible. And yeah. so like this kind of felt a lot like Ratatouille for me in some mm-hmm. ways. Um, but yeah, I've watched it multiple times already. I'm gonna watch it more. Uh, I love the music in this. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's just really really good stuff. Really good stuff. Yeah, and actually, as soon as we were done watching it, Sydney's like, "I want to watch it again, like yeah. right away." Grace so, is the same yeah. way. Grace fell in love with it too, and she's she giggles at it at the at uh, Machiavelli, which is the cat. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I'll just I'll just leave it at this. But you know that saying about like. You know, pets look like their owners. Sometimes that's kind of how they yeah. modeled the, that character. You know, Machiavelli. But it's a lot of really <laughs> funny parts with with him, and uh, it's just it's just really fun. I mean, I don't usually rate these things, but this is, like, this is an easy nine out of ten for me. Yeah, I mean, it's at least an eight for me for sure. I think it's very good, very solid. Um, I feel like I'm going to be saying, uh, what was that thing he kept saying? Silencio Bruno. Silencio uh, Bruno is really I, I, I feel like cool. every time I get nervous and apprehensive yeah. about doing something, I'm just going to say Silencio Bruno. And that you, was you know, a, you'll know what I'm talking about yeah. when I say it, when you see it. If you're a dad, it's Father's Day, and maybe it's the day after, whenever you're <laughs> listening to this, watch this with your kid. You know, you'll, she'll think he there's, or she will think you're a good dad. There's some good dad stuff in there too. To me. I mean, yeah. to be honest, um, Massimo does some really good dad parts in there. You know, even if he's not, you know, a dad to all of these characters, and he kind of takes on a little bit of that role at the end. And uh, it's, 
it, like you said, Silencio Bruno's uh, kind of just a brilliant line uh, that you know really brought me into that movie story even mm-hmm. more. You know, I love that that whole Silencio yeah. Bruno thing, and it's one of those things that keeps coming back in the movie, and then. Uh, you know, you revisit at the end and some emotional weight, stuff like that. So it's mm-hmm. really good, really good. Yep. So we here at From a Certain Point of View are definitely recommending Luca. But I tell you what, Adam, we have a lot of news to get to. So yeah. do you want to hit that thing that does the news? Sold out every copy. Tomorrow morning, Spider-Man, page one, with a decent picture this time. Move Conway to page seven. There's a problem with page seven. I make it page eight and give him 10% off. Okay. I make it 5%. That can't be done. Get out of here! Okay, so we're going to start out with a little bit of box office news here. Um, and as, you know, movies are getting back to the theaters, maybe this is something we can do weekly, kind of look at the box office, maybe if it's something we we find ourselves enjoying talking about. But A, a Quiet Place 2 um, actually continued to, I'll say, quote-unquote, dominate the box office with $11.65 million yeah, in These its are not weekend. numbers that we're usually talking about with domination, but yeah. Right. I mean, that puts uh, the total for A Quiet Place Part 2 at $108.9 million, um, which... For that movie, I think is actually pretty respectable for, especially for, for the, the time period the situation we're in yeah. right now. Yep. Um, I really like the first one. I haven't seen the second yet. I really enjoyed the first one, though. I plan on watching the first one this week. And okay. have you um, not seen the first one yet? I have not. Okay. And right. and is this is the second one like exclusively in theaters? Like it's because no, I, I haven't I really come across so. it. I think so. Anywhere else? Yeah. Um. So you know, maybe I ought to see it. At some point, but um, you know, a quiet place too actually beat out in the heights, which was the new release of the week. In the heights, um, let me see, only pulled in eleven point four million. Lin Manuel yeah. Miranda, um, and this was actually, you know, of course, if you're not familiar, he was the creator of Hamilton. Um, he's been involved in, you know, like Moana, music for Disney, quite a bit as well. Um, but this in the heights is actually his his i believe his first um theater show that he ever did um and okay you know it's it's really a reflection of of his culture um the latino culture in in washington heights um new york and and just it's a, it's about dreams you know it's it's about trying to make your dreams come true and um sometimes being within that culture can can make that difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I, I really enjoyed the movie. I, I thought it was good. We watched it, um, you know, on HBO max. I, I didn't think it was as good as like Hamilton, but I loved Hamilton. Um, the I, there was a, there were like three or four songs that were really catchy for me that I enjoyed. And then the other ones, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of, but I love the ending of this movie too. Mm-hmm. I, I think the message that it sent and, and what happens at the end, really brought it together for me because I wasn't sure how I felt about it until the end. And then the ending really moved me. Um, but it didn't perform as well as, you know, what the predictions were um, for the, for the, the first weekend 
of, of its box office run. Now, maybe with word of mouth, you know, it doesn't have any really stars in it. Um, so that's one thing that's maybe, you know, not drawing in as many people. It doesn't right. have big stars in it. And um, maybe the songs aren't quite as, as catchy as, as Hamilton, but, okay. um, but hopefully positive reviews and word of mouth will, you know, and of course it's on HBO max too. So maybe that's another factor, but, right. um, but anyhow, that's the, uh, the box office this week. And we are going to move on to some Disney plus news. And then we're going to talk about Marvel. We're going to talk about star Wars. And then we're going to talk about UFOs. <laughs> so just to give you a little preview. Of what's and we'll finish with some, some video game stuff too. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, now, what I'm seeing here on comingsoon.net is an article that says Disney Plus has usually released many of its original series on Fridays, but that won't be the case anymore. According to a report from The Hollywood Reporter, Disney is preparing to shift its premiere day for original content to Wednesdays. Um Seemingly, that would include original series um, such as Monsters at Work, The Mandalorian, and other Star Wars and Marvel TV series. I wonder um, if that affects the Bad Batch or if the Bad Batch will continue I don't th- its I think run the, on Fridays. When I looked at the schedule, the Bad Batch is continuing Set, its run on okay, Fridays. Right, cool. Yeah. Um, that's a good that would question. Make, that would make sense to me. That's, that's what I was leaning towards, but I wasn't sure. Right. Now, and, and you know, of course, they're going to have movies that premiere on the platform right. will be Fridays. Yeah. Um like like normal. But I don't I don't I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, I think Marvel should have been Wednesdays and they should have kept Star Wars on Fridays. Because I, I it's gonna be tough when you're overlapping Marvel with Star Wars, I think. I would like to have a separate day for Marvel and a separate day for Star Wars. That's just me. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you guys feel out there or how you feel Adam, but that's what I would have done. Um I, I yeah I I think I, I agree as far as like Marvel and Star Wars keeping them on separate days. Uh, for me, Wednesday morning is equally as bad as Friday morning. <laughs> like if it's Saturday yeah. morning, then I get that. You know, then mm-hmm. then I'm good. I can watch it. But I mean, I'm working either day, so it's like what what <laughs> you know. Same. And it's yeah. like th- three a.m. on a Wednesday versus three a.m. on a Friday doesn't really. <laughs> help me at all <laughs> either way it's yeah either way it's it's bad but um mm-hmm. i don't know uh i i i've been okay with loki on wednesdays oh yeah um so you know it it's kind of nice for our watch parties too because then we don't have to wait for an entire week and just watch the episode of the that's day true after it is convenient on Thursdays for that. yeah at 10 p.m in our discord server um so yeah I don't know. There's pluses and minuses. It doesn't really affect me or, you know, bother me or make me happy either way. So, Gotcha. Well, let's talk about some shows that are on Disney Plus or coming to Disney Plus. And the first one is Loki, which um, ha- de- debuted its second episode um, Still this past a week. Great show. Great show. Um, and I-, I think we're the point right now where we can give spoilers for this it's been out for oh yeah um yeah quite a few days now i thought it was a, a tremendous um second episode um and the reveal at the end was pretty interesting so yeah. um loki's head writer michael waldron um spoke to comic book movie in a recent interview um and talked about the ending of the second episode and talked about the next episode 
He said um, something awesome. If you're excited by the end of episode two, buckle up. Um, Buttercup. Things are going to just get crazier from here on out. As for their identity, I think that depends. I think maybe some people might know them. Some people might not. In any case, it will all become clear very shortly. Um, so I don't know if he's specifically talking about you know, kind of like the Lady Loki reveal there um, or somebody else or the possible identity of Lady Loki. Maybe it's Enchant Enchantress um, was, was one thought. I don't know if you guys have been cooking up some theories in the discord oh, yeah, server i'm sure, I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> so yep. i don't know if you want to speak to that a little bit but uh no i'm gonna make everyone come into the discord server and check it out there you go that works <laughs> no th there's some theories theories through uh you know that L lady loki is is kind of one of them I, th I think the uh uh enchantress was definitely another one that we've been talking about so mm-hmm uh, but yeah, those have definitely been mentioned by the uh, people more knowledgeable than me on these comic stories. As yeah, so I mean, I'm this show is has me hooked for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to all six episodes being out. So yeah, and uh, continuing with Marvel shows on Disney Plus. Um, during a recent talk um, with, uh, this is a mouthful, the credit, is it SUS, thir 23rd Annual Communications Conference? I don't know. Bob Chapik was, was told that a Marvel fan had been desperately hoping for the return of Iron Man. So he said, um, we'll tell your Marvel fan that we've got a series called Armor Wars coming up, starring Don Cheadle as War Machine. And I think that will probably scratch the itch that our fans have for more Iron Man. Of course, it's unlikely that we'll see return of Robert Downey Jr. because his character sadly he dead. died. Um, but I think this is going to again kind of scratch that itch of the Iron Man type feel, which I love. I love the Iron Man films and um, and that whole thing. So Armor Wars is going to be something that'll be coming soon to Disney Plus. Yeah, it's called cool Don Cheadle's getting more stuff to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we'll look forward to that one. And uh, next up, we're going to jump to some Star Wars news. We have a little bit more on Star Wars Visions, which is the upcoming animated anthology series. And it's set to feature some of the most renowned Japanese animators and creators and tell new stories that are set in the Star Wars universe. And I guess um, during Anime Expo Light... Um, which is going to begin on Saturday. Well, the panel is going to be on Saturday, July 3rd at 3 p.m. Eastern. And it will be available for replay afterwards for paid ticket holders of Anime Expo Light. So I don't know if we even get to see this, but they're going to have some kind of um, look at the Star Wars Vision show at this at, on this panel. Yeah, it's exciting. Panel, and so. Star Wars Visions mm -hmm. looks pretty interesting. That was one of the uh, ones I was a little bit more interested in during the earnings call that that stuff was all revealed at. So, um, yeah, yeah. Star Wars visions looks very, very interesting. I agree. If so there's any way we um, can, you know, uh, connive our way into getting the, our hands on that preview, then I'll do it. Yeah. Maybe somebody <laughs> will leak it on YouTube or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Um, next up in star Wars, we have, Tamora Morrison, who of course is playing Boba Fett, 
um, in the book of Boba Fett in a recent interview, he was talking and he's quoted as saying, we're going to see his past and where he's been since the empire strikes back. I wonder if he's meant to say return of the Jedi there. I don't know. We kind of know where he was since empire strikes back for the most part. Um, but Oh, yeah, it was an interview with Rotten Tomatoes, actually. He said, um, somebody pointed out he's been kind of stuck in this one place. (laughs) I'm guessing that one place being the Sarlacc pit. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting few episodes when it's just inside the belly of the Sarlacc. Right. (laughs) And now it's the time to actually go back in time and check out his journey and find out more about him. Yes. This this sounds cool. So when Tamira says, since Empire, though, I kind of can see what he means by that because... He's been hanging out at Jabba's palace, and you know we left him at Jabba's palace, and there's kind of yeah, a flashback purpose there. And um, you know, we know that he's kind of stuck inside of a Sarlacc pit, so maybe you know mm-hmm. it's kind of showing some flashbacks. You know, as he's emerging from that pit, so or finding yeah, a way I'm, to get I'm, out of there. You know, I'm just I'm glad to hear that it's not just going to be like after what we saw at the end credits of Mandalorian season two. Um, I'm, I'm curious about the, the past and, and what happened and, and, and it'll be cool to see that stuff. So I kind of wanted to yeah. see him on do that throne stuff and, you know, be I the, think we will be see the that pirate too. Lord that he is, I guess now. So. I think we'll get both. Okay. You know? okay. I think it'll kind of jump back Good. and forth. Like they're kind of thinking about like black widow. I think black mm-hmm. widow is going to do the same thing where we see some of that character's past and, and, right whatever timeline they're they're currently in so yeah Yeah, and um as far as tv and movie news this is um our last one as far as those go and this is about ufos so we know we've been talking a little bit about ufos adam yeah um ufos have been popping out everywhere um mainly in the night sky (laughs) um (laughs) <laughs> and they've been in the news all year and it looks like jj abrams wants to get involved too so according to a report from deadline abrams is going to executive produce a new four-part documentary series on humanity's fascination with ufos for showtime the series known as ufo will premiere later this year on august 8th um and will drop all four episodes at midnight so another ufo show it should be yeah. interesting i know stinks that it's on showtime because i don't do showtime so well if you you can come over and watch it if you want oh all right well that's how we'll fix that (laughs) yep (laughs) absolutely yeah i mean i i think i just had a chat the other night with Brittany about ufos and um i've always had this theory that i think um if there are aliens or if there are UFOs and stuff, I think it's, I think it's us in the future. Like, I think they're time travelers, like coming back to kind of like, you're not the only one that has that theory. Yeah. I'll tell you that. (laughs) To me, it makes the most sense because like, if, if it was aliens, like, don't you think they would have probably destroyed us by now or something (laughs) like taking our resources? Depends on their intentions. Yeah. Um, but if it's us in the future and we've figured out time travel, maybe we're trying to figure out how to preserve the earth or something, you know, just taking a look, seeing what's going Could on. Be. I don't yeah. know. Just, yeah. a, just theory. I've, yeah, no, I've, I've, no. I've, like I said, I've, I've heard that theory before. Yeah. There's, inter- um, there's interesting things out there when you look into that theory as well, because you I mean, you start looking at like photo evidence and there's people that claim that they've caught time travelers on, on film and it's, it's interesting. So, I mean, right. Right. 
yeah interesting stuff but anyhow i'm gonna let you take it from here yeah so i'm gonna cover we talked a little bit about e3 last week and e3 had well i guess that was two weeks ago uh, we talked about e3 coming up so i was just wanted to give a, a quick um recap on some of the bigger things that came out of e3 this year uh, go day by day here. Uh, Ubisoft kicked it off, and they showed off some new stuff for their uh, Rainbow Six Siege game, uh, some DLC coming to that. Uh, they actually moved on then to show off a Mario and Rabbids sequel, which I haven't played yet. I've heard really good things about that. It's like a turn-based strategy game. Uh, that's going to be Sparks mm-hmm. of Hope uh, is, is what that's called. Uh, and then they showed off uh, some footage for um, Avatar, uh, Frontiers of Pandora, which is a new uh, game set in the Avatar universe coming from Ubisoft Massive. Uh, so that was interesting as well. Uh, day two. That's cool. Yeah, day two was really uh, you know, two big things out of that were, would be Xbox and Bethesda and then Square Enix. Uh, but Xbox and Bethesda showed off uh, Starfield. Outer Worlds 2, uh, which is an RPG, uh, new Forza F- uh, Horizon 5 gameplay. Uh, the next Sea of Thieves expansion. I don't know if you've ever played Sea of Thieves, Josh, but that's a really fun game, actually. Uh, just kind of a. I have not, no. It's a really good a really good game, a lot of fun. Uh, sea of Thieves' next expansion is actually going to be Pirates of the Caribbean themed, uh, which will bring Jack Sparrow into that game as well. Uh, nice. And then showed off some uh, footage from uh, Halo Infinite's multiplayer mode. Um, Square Enix, uh, which I'm very interested in, this showed off a new Guardians of the Galaxy game, uh, which will yeah, also that. be coming to Switch, and I'll, I'll be uh, might get it on Switch. We'll, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and also showed off uh, some footage of Final Fantasy Origin: Stranger of Paradise uh, for Final Fantasy fans out there. Uh, day three was kind of I don't know, kind of fell flat for me. Uh, Capcom, there wasn't a whole lot there. There was they showed off some Monster Hunter Rise footage and some Resident Evil Village footage, um, and then a little bit of other smaller things from them. Uh, Microsoft did some more Halo Infinite stuff on day three as well. Uh, but moving on to day four, uh, Nintendo for me was kind of kind of my favorite of the, of, the, of the show to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Direct showed off. Uh, a new fighter for uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate, which is uh, Kazuya Mishima from the Tekken series. Uh, they closed out with uh, Breath of the Wild 2, some footage from that, which looks incredible. Yeah, uh, it looks really cool. Yeah, I found out that's uh, coming from t- uh, coming next year, actually, uh, 2022, which is a little sooner than I was expecting. Um. But honestly, my favorite thing that I saw this this year at E3 was Metroid Dread, which is a new Metroid uh, 2D side-scrolling game coming to Switch in October. Uh, this looks a lot of fun. It's actually the first... They said it's the first um, side-scrolling 2D entry in the Metroid series, like a, a, a new original game in like 20, 19, 20 years or something like that. Uh, the last one being uh, a Game Boy Advance game. Um, the creator of um, Metroid, uh, Yoshio Sakamoto, was talking about this a little bit and just tell you a little bit of the things that he said here. Uh, he, he talked about you know, they wanted to make this game years ago. They just didn't quite have the technology to make this stuff happen. 
if they wanted to. Uh, it talked a little bit about what the what the name means. It's called Metro Dread. Like I said, uh, he said that it. He doesn't think that the dread is you know it's not really like a horror type game. He said it's more of a panic. Uh, he says from our perspective, this isn't a game that's part of the horror genre. It's really about Samus encountering fear, but she actually stands against that fear and fights it and beats it, and that part of it is important. So I am. I've talked a little bit about this on the show before. I am jazzed. I love Metroid. Uh, I talked about this back with Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Metroid. I can't wait to play this game, and uh, it's going to be a definite must buy for me. So there is your E three rundown. Thank you for going over all that. And um, I think my next game, the next game I want to play for Switch is Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I got to um, get you that by the way. Yeah, yeah. I might have to just borrow that from you. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but the stuff I saw from Breath of the Wild too looks looks really cool. Breath of the Wild um, became my favorite game I've ever played. It was, yeah, it it, it sucked me in. It, it, it I I loved every minute in that game. Can't wait to check it out. And um, that wraps it up for the news this week. And we are going to go into our Meg's Meg segment. It's actually Meg's, the Meg. Our, We're talking it's about the called, Meg. We're not talking about the Meg. <laughs> um, it's actually our main segment, it, <laughs> which is about the best TV and movie dads. You called it the Meg segment because of Peter Griffin, right? Um. Yeah. Okay. We'll exactly. Go with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. That was <laughs> deliberate. Totally intentional. Um, so it is Father's Day today when we're recording. So you know, we thought it might be a good idea to talk about some of our favorite TV and movie dads. Um, and you know, dads are really important. And I, I think, you know, we're living in a time where sometimes dads are absent. You know, or um, some dads aren't that great. <laughs> Let's be honest about it. Um, I, I kind of experienced that one in, in my personal life. Um, so I think it's really important that we take some time to look at some great dads and um, maybe they're role models for us um, or for others. Maybe, maybe they're not, I don't know, <laughs> but we're going to take a look at that um, and just, and just enjoy our dad's day today. So Adam, I'm going to let you start. Okay. Um, we did a, we did a top five ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my first one, and I think it's got to be my favorite because it comes from my favorite movie of all time, is Mufasa from The Lion King. And even though that ended tragically in that movie, um, the lessons that he teaches Simba right off the bat and the kind of dad that he is, is always left an impression on me, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Just... I, I I don't know exactly how to put it into words, but his his strength and his conviction, and you know how he you know he he that protection he has you know, he he enacts for his son. Um, just for me, that's like um, that's prime example of dad in film. I think right there is awesome. Yeah, I really think I think I think the father moment that had the biggest impact on me in the lion king is when you know mufasa has passed on and everything and um simba's kind of 
running away, not not wanting to to face this this challenge that he has to face. And um, it's dark, it's nighttime, and he he looks up in the sky and he yeah. kind of you know see, sees his father like in the stars, Remember sees Mufasa. Um, that that moment to me just man, that's a great 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 moment. Yeah, for and me, it, it's actually yeah. the moment after the uh, elephant graveyard where they're in the field and he's. Mm-hmm. He's disciplining Simba, you know, for getting for going where he was you know, specifically told not to go, and bringing Nala with him, and you know, putting her in danger. And it's you know, he he's he's firm with Simba, and Simba knows he's in trouble. There's that one shot that I uh, just gets me every time where Simba puts his paw down, and then he sees, you know, the outline of Mufasa's paw, mm-hmm. and realizes just how small he is, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, I, I think we, I think we've all kind of had that moment where it kind of, you know, kind of puts in perspective. You know, <laughs> you know, as we're yeah. growing up, you know, we're not as grown up as we think we are. Um, but then it turns into this huge bonding moment. You know, it goes from you know discipline into you know uh, a fun time for both of them. You know, it's. He doesn't, you know, no one messes with your dad thing, and then they, you know, have a good time, and then it gets serious again, you know, with, we're always going to be pals, right? And it's, it's, for me, that, that whole scene was, it's, it's so beautiful, so beautiful. I think, you know, when I think about parenting, I I think it really comes down to love and limits, you know what I mean? Like, you have to set expectations and limits and rules and and be consistent, um, but at the same time, you have to love them unconditionally as well and show yeah. nurturing and, and everything. So finding a balance of those two things, I think, is something that Mufasa obviously displayed. Yeah, and it's like it's not a meltdown moment, you know. I think, I think, right. I think people maybe lose their temper. I know I do um, mm-hmm. in, in those situations, and, and, mm-hmm. but it's not a meltdown moment and when it could have been, and, and maybe, you know, for a lot of people it would have been, but for, Muf- for Mufasa it wasn't. It was, you know... Uh, uh, it was a stern moment. It was you know, definitely stern, you know. And uh, but then, it, but then it's it's over, you know. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. Well, you started off with a great one there. Um, it's kind of hard to follow up Mufasa, <laughs> um, <laughs> especially especially with my first choice. Um, but I got I got to go with this one because I'm just a huge fan of Jim Hopper in Stranger Things and him being a, a dad to Eleven. Um, especially in season three, we, we see so many of these dad moments where he's just trying to figure out like what to do. Like, yeah, he's like three inches, like the the amount that the (laughs) door has to be cracked when 11's in there with, um, uh, what can I think of his name right now? Um, man. It's, I'm drawing a blank right now. We love now. this show so much, don't we? I do love this show so much, and uh, I'm sure it's going to come to me, and I'll, I'll feel dumb. But Will is the kid um, that got lost in the Upside Down in the first one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway, well, Mike. Yeah, Mike. There you go. Um, it was such a hard and, name to come up with, Mike. It's such an right, exotic right, name. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's so unique and, uh, and not, not very common. Um <laughs> But the, and then there's this moment like in um in the store where you know <laughs> he he's trying to figure out like mm-hmm. what he's gonna say yeah, and right. he, he's trying to write it down he's trying to come up with this thing to say and then he totally like ditches that plan completely uh, <laughs> what he wrote down and what he was gonna say to Mike and what he was gonna say to Eleven mm-hmm. it's just there's some really funny moments but you know how much 
he he loves 11 and and, and loves being a dad and everything so I, I gotta go with jim hopper nice i like that one um i'll have a couple like him you know the dad that's just trying hard to, to do the dad thing you know the right thing mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, my next one though is uncle phil from fresh prince of bel-air um you know, Uncle Phil has his own family, his immediate family, his kids, and he's raising them. But then he's also bringing in Will, uh, who isn't, you know, is his, isn't his blood relative. It's it's you know, it's Vivian's blood relative. But Phil mm-hmm. is the one that's going to be you know, kind of providing and caring there. And he's really doing a lot of the raising of Will too. And I, I think that the the lessons that Uncle Phil ends up teaching Will, I think, are invaluable, and that's one of the reasons why I love that show so much. Yeah, I, I think Uncle Phil is a great choice. It's it's been a long time since I've watched The Fresh Prince, and I think I need to revisit that at some point. And yeah, he's definitely stuff. a fantastic dad. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that one. Um, next on my list is Jack Pearson from This Is Us. Um, He's played by, um, and I always struggle saying his name, but he was Milo Ventimiglia, something or other. (laughs) Um, Anyway, (laughs) I I think it's a silent G, but I might be wrong. It's probably (laughs) a silent G. Um, And he played um, Peter Petrelli in Heroes, which is where I was first introduced to this actor. I think he's tremendous as as a dad in this show. Um, You know, there's so many times this show brings me to tears and it, a lot of the times involves Jack. Um, and, and he's, he's a dad to, you know, two biological, um, twins, but then they really, they have triplets because they adopted Randall, um, into their family because they lost their third child, um, during childbirth and everything. And, and so, you know, they also take on a child that isn't biologically theirs that um, doesn't even look like them because he's African-American. Um, and and so it, it just creates this really interesting dynamic that plays out throughout the show and, and looking at identity and culture and, and everything. Um, but I, I think Jack is a dad. He would just be willing to do anything for his kids, you know, and He's always trying to teach them lessons as, as, as you go out, th- as you go throughout the show, he's constantly teaching these really important lessons to his kids. And, um, you know, he has his own struggles, you know, he struggles with alcoholism at times and everything, but, but he's able to, to overcome those struggles. And, um, but it shows you just a, like a really real version of a dad and, and, and what a dad deals with and goes through. And I just love it. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Jack would do anything for his kids, and that kind of transitions into my next one because it's Marlon from Finding Nemo, who you know, is, you, you know, for me, you talk about an example of someone that would do anything for their kids. This is Marlon swimming across an ocean. He's a clownfish that just swim across an ocean, you know, and like that right there. Uh, you know, I talked a little bit earlier about you know that size difference with. Um, Simba and Mufasa, well, you know, you have a clownfish and you have the entire ocean and he's trying to find his son who's lost in an ocean and, you know, that's kind of the links that he'll go to for his son. You know, but really as I was thinking about this, the reason I chose it was a little bit different and it's because, you know, as I'm I'm a dad of a, a girl that's just gotten out of kindergarten going into first grade, so it's time that I've, you know, tried to have to, had to, I'm going to get choked up with this. Um, 
had to start letting go a little bit, you know? Yeah. And it's been tough. Mm. And, mm, uh, sure. <laughs> and, you know, Marlon is kind of that example of that struggle of letting go and not wanting mm-hmm. to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, f- you know, for me, that's been, it's been important lately. It's been an important lesson to learn and try to learn anyway. So. Yeah. I'm definitely not ready for that stage yet. And <laughs> it's going to be coming up in a couple of years with Sydney. Yeah. Um, you know, just letting go in, in, in some of those ways that you mentioned. Um, but yeah, that's a great, another great choice, Adam. Whew. And thank you for being so, so vulnerable for us and with us yeah. tonight. We, yeah. you know, we appreciate it. Um, my next one is I mentioned, I had to, throw in one from my favorite show game of thrones and i had to go with ned stark um ned in the first season of game of thrones is one of the only honorable characters on the show um he's always about true justice and true honor and doing what's right even he's living in a realm where basically kings just stab in people stab each other in the back to get to get on the throne and he is selected to be the hand of the king, which is kind of like the next, you know, like the vice president sort of um, in the U.S. it would be. Um, and he doesn't even want it. You know, he doesn't want to be the hand of the king. He doesn't want to go down to King's Landing where the, the city is and all the royalty are and everything. He wants to stay up in Winterfell in his home where there's snow and and everything. And it's just, you know, kind of a simpler life. Um, but usually I think the best leaders are the ones that don't even want to be. And, and just the way that he is a dad to his Stark children as well is, is fantastic. Um, his one daughter, Arya, I think of her in particular, because she's not a typical girl during this time. She wants to be a fighter. She kind of wants to be a boy. She wants to shoot arrows. She wants to learn how to use a sword. And he, instead of like completely neglecting that, he actually embraces her difference and her u- uniqueness and hires somebody to train her how to sword fight when they're down in King's Landing. Um, and for his other daughter, Sansa, like Sansa is falling for this Joffrey character who's going to be the next king probably. And he's just this awful character. And, you know, Ned can see it from a mile away and he knows this is going to be bad for his daughter. It's not one of those, um, boyfriends you as a dad that you want your daughter to have you know right. and um he, he has to make a choice toward the end of the first season about what he's going to do is he going to keep his honor and tell the truth ab- about um the true basically joffrey is is not the son of the king he's the son of somebody else and and ned knows this information so he has to decide if he's going to tell the truth and keep his honor and basically he'll be killed for it. Or if he's going to lie and, and say he was wrong and he's sorry and he's going to bow down to the king, bow down to Joffrey, you know, to live for his daughter, basically. And, and, and the one time that he chooses not to not to be honorable, not to be telling the truth, not to be honest, he does it for his daughter. And, and that's what ends up getting him killed so um it's just kind of this very tragic thing but but um right, right. but but he's he's a great dad so yeah. better go with ned stark um do you remember tjf josh yes i do 
Yeah, so TGIF was a weekly thing for me. Uh, every week, we sat down and watched TGIF. Uh, it was Family Matters. There's another great dad in Carl Winslow right there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It's, it's Step by Step was another show that was on TGIF. But my favorite one. of those TGIF shows was Boy Meets World. And uh, so I had to put Alan Matthews on here. It was Corey's dad. And, um, mm-hmm. you know... I, I think because I spent so much time <laughs> with them growing up, I think that's why it had such an impact on me, you know, um, mm-hmm. watching those shows week in and week out every week uh, for I don't even know how many years, almost kind of growing up with them, you know. Corey was not really like the exact same age as us, you know, but it was right. kind of in the wheelhouse. Pretty right? close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we, you see the show with them going through middle school and high school and then college and, you know, him going through the girls are gross stage to, you know, to you know, going out with Topanga to getting yeah. married to, you know, doing all this, you know, like those shows kind of almost mirrored. I, I feel like where we were growing up in that time, you know, mm-hmm. and, Alan Matthews is the dad who wasn't a perfect dad. Right. You know, but it was like one of those things where he tried, did his best. And, you know, going back to what I said about Uncle Phil, the lessons he teaches are, you know, kind of lessons that I still, still kind of think about, to be honest. So, um, so Alan Matthews is, is my next. That's a great choice. Um, Boy Meets World is one of my favorite shows of all time. Um, it's, it's on Disney Plus, it actually. Is, yeah as well if you haven't seen it um it's great i mean it's a great coming of age story yeah um that literally you follow these characters from like sixth or seventh grade until they're Mm -hmm. like in college um it's it's fantastic and there's this one scene with um alan matthews with Corey's dad it's like um i don't a career day um and he's talking about he's trying he's seeing all these other parents that have the, these all, all these other dads that have like these flashy careers and stuff like that um no. and he's a grocer you right. know what i mean like <laughs> I or, I th- or yeah. does he have his own grocery store or is he just yeah. like one of the yeah um yeah. and he's trying to find ways to make it seem like really interesting and really you know and he's yeah. kind of he's kind of ashamed right. to, to talk about it um, you know, he just has a guy that has one of these regular jobs. He's a hard worker. He's just leads by example. Um, great dad. And that's a great choice. So. Yeah. Um, next on my list is the first thing that came to mind. The first dad that came to mind for some reason when I thought of dads. Um, and it's Sonny Koufax played by Adam Sandler in Big Daddy. And Man, when I was younger, I loved this movie. Um, I I love watching this character start as this horrible role model that has no idea how to take care of a kid. Um, the kid's eating like 30 packets of ketchup squirted out onto a, a plate um, for lunch. And, you know, the, he's, he's bathing with his clothes on and stuff because, you know, Adam Sandler's character doesn't think it's appropriate to see this kid naked or anything. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's just... And he's making all these mistakes and he does, he's teaching them these horrible things like you don't need to go to school, you know, all this stuff. Um, but then at some point he figures it out. You know, he, he figures out what he needs to do to be a good dad. And 
tries to go through the process of, of adopting this kid and everything. And you can see their connection and how much he loves him and everything. And I, I just love seeing the transformation of, of him into a, a real dad. Yeah, that's a good pick. So my, my last one, my fifth one is, uh, you know, one of those dads that tries hard, I think. And you know, again, not a perfect dad by any stretch of the imagination, but I think this is a dad that that really tries to make things work, that I think cares for his family, that has a lot of shortcomings and pitfalls, and somehow makes it through it and figures things out in the end. My last dad is Homer Simpson. <laughs> yes. And like I said, not a perfect dad. Not I don't mm-hmm. know if I'd even call him really a role model, but I think he like, <laughs> probably I, not. <laughs> but I think he really actually ends up at the, in the end I think his heart is in the right place every mm-hmm. time and I think he tries, you know. And I think that's all that any of us really do <laughs> is try, you know. Definitely. So, yeah. Um, there, there's different kind of dads out there and I liked your representation, um, of different dads and Homer <laughs> being one of them. So yeah, yeah. Well, well done. Um, my last one is Tony Stark in Avengers Endgame. Um, the relationship he has with his daughter, Morgan is, it reminds me of my relationship with Sydney. You know, we, we mess around. We, you know, yeah. I, I mess with her a lot. He, <laughs> um, you know, that moment when she tells him, I love you 3000. Oh my goodness. Like that just like broke my heart, especially when you find out what happens in the end and everything with Tony's character. Um, and you just brought me to tears and everything. And, and like, I could just like in one movie, they were able to create this convincing father daughter relationship that I was in love with. And that, broke me into a million pieces when he died and, and just imagining what Morgan was going through. And when she says that line about wanting a cheeseburger and everything and um, man, that is tough every time I watch it. And I just love it. I love, I love the, the idea of Tony Stark being a dad. He's like this snarky, you know, like smart Alec dad. Um, Yeah. But it's a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, that's kind of our top 10. So I guess we're doing a, a, a not top 10 now. We're, we're picking, I thought it would be a, it's probably not a good idea, but I figured it'd be an idea <laughs> um, to to mention the worst dad we can think of in, in TV or movies, like the dad you don't want to be. <laughs> I don't know if this one's the worst, because I actually really like this dad. Uh, Fair you know, but... Um, and and it's you know one of my favorite aspects of this movie this this whole series actually that I'm going to mention but it's Henry Jones Sr. from Indiana Jones and you know played by Sean Connery it's a brilliant mm-hmm. character it's a wonderful performance it's uh, hilarious but he's kind of a deadbeat daddy left India yeah. you know uh, to fend uh-huh. for himself uh, his reason was mainly to help, he said to help teach him independence or or something <laughs> along that line but like it just you know. He literally just didn't, he wasn't around, you know, he, yeah, wasn't he was around. gone, yeah. He's, you know, and uh, it's not a great, not, not a great example. <laughs> Regardless of how funny it is, it's not a great example. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, you know, I was, um, earlier today, I was watching the live stream of our, our church service, and um, 
the preacher was talking about um, just the having the presence of a male role model, the presence of a dad in your life, like can completely alter your circumstances. Mm -hmm. Like the, the data in terms of not having a dad, how it correlates with like different things like, you know, academics being lower and drug use and, you know, victimization and, 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 and all sorts of things um, compared to, you know, kids that have dads in their lives. And that, that's why we as dads, we have to be there no matter what happens. And um, we can't be absent. And it's, you know, so crucial that we're, we're in our child's lives. Um, so I just wanted to mention that based on what yeah. you just said, actually. Yeah. And um, I also have a horrible dad. I'm not, not that, you know, I'm not saying Henry Jones Sr. is horrible, but, um, but I have a really bad one. And as much as I love this show and I love this character, when you really think about it, and, and even though his intention is to get money for his family when he because he's thinking he's going to die from cancer, um, intentions are great. But the way he goes about it, not so great. I'm talking about <laughs> Walter White and Breaking Bad, um, you know, which is a fantastic show. And yeah. but, but he is kind of the worst dad. I mean, he gets his family involved in these horrible situations gets his family like almost probably nearly killed on several occasions what oh, he puts yeah. jesse but jesse pinkman through which is kind of like yeah. a surrogate son um you know he he like lets jesse's girlfriend die right in front of him he he, he like I'm pretty sure he poisoned that Brock kid. <laughs> um, and, yeah, no, he did, didn't to, he? Yeah, or yeah, was that yeah. not explicitly um, stated? I thought he, I thought he definitely I, I, did. Yeah, I think, I think it, it was a definite. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, Walter White, not the dad you want to be. You know, um, that's such a so. that's such an interesting <laughs> like, like you get into ethics there because like I mean like yeah you know like you said he wants to do the right thing mm -hmm. he does terrible things to to get around to that. Right. And like, you know, like he's almost, and I think what they, what they did was that was smart was they gave him choices. Like even, you know, when mm -hmm. he was, was offered a position at that guy's company was at Elliot or something like that. Yeah. So he's offered legitimate ways to do this mm -hmm. and he still chooses, you know, the meth way and right because i think that's the difference there because like he's doing things that he's talented at like he's using he, his yeah. skills but, right you know he, he's given choices to do it a legitimate way he still doesn't do it and it's something that he's become obsessed with yeah be, because right. because number one because he's good at it because, and he's like the the king of it you know what i mean like he thinks right. he's the the best there is at what he's doing and, and likes that feeling and everything yeah. um and to a point that it's very detrimental to the people around him. Um, I think the best part so. of the finale for me, because um, I didn't really enjoy the finale so much. I didn't think it was, I didn't love how it just ended. Just wrapped yeah. up. But I think that the line, you know, where he goes through, you, you think he's starting to go through the whole, you know, I did everything I did. I did for my family thing, but then he mm -hmm. answers it with, I did it for me. I did it for me. Yeah. yeah. And he kind of admits that it was really for him. Yeah. yeah I think for me, that was, reasons. for me, that was the best part of the finale. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a great show, not a great dad. Um, right. but we did talk about some really great dads in this episode and I'm really glad we did it. Um, you know, moms are absolutely amazing, but I, I you know, I think we also got to talk about dads sometimes too. So, you know, um, this, this one was for the dads.
Is that a song? Is that a song? No. Uh, I don't so know. This one's for the <laughs> I'm thinking of this one's for the girl. I don't think so. Yeah, this, I think I said that last Anyway, <laughs> let's wrap this up. All right. Hey, Doc, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Well, we're going. We don't need roads. Thank you for tuning in to episode 85 of From a Certain Point of View. We hope you enjoyed the show this week. If you're not subscribed to the podcast yet, please do that. We're on most major podcast apps out there. And if you're on one like Apple Podcasts that lets you leave a review, please do that. It helps us get out to more people, helps us know what you like and what you don't like about the show as well. I mentioned earlier that, you know, we have still, we're still doing Discord watch parties, and that's every Thursday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. We're still doing double headers, um, double features, whatever you want to call those. Uh, we're watching two shows at once is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and those two shows are Bad Batch and Loki, and we're ha- uh, having a blast doing it. Uh, luckily, uh, run times have been let- keeping these to about an hour, maybe a little bit over. Um, but we're having a blast. So join us in Discord uh, Thursday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern. The link for that is in the show notes and on the website as well. That website is from a certain pointofview.com. Uh, where you can find uh, you know blog articles that we've written also. And you can also send us uh, questions and show topics. And there's links there for everywhere you can find us. Uh, some of those places are on socials, and those are Twitter and Instagram, at CertainPOVPod. The Facebook page is from a certain point of view. You can email us at CertainPOVPod at gmail.com. Uh, we are hosted by Anchor.fm, uh, where you can send us a 60-second voicemail on the Anchor.fm app. Or you can use our voicemail phone number, uh, 724-901-1783. And uh, we're going to be getting back to our What to Watch On series here pretty soon. We're going to do uh, you know, uh, at least a couple more episodes of that, I think. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, if there's any... Uh, streaming services that we haven't covered yet or even if you haven't called in yet for some of the ones that we've already done uh, leave us a voicemail let us know what you like to watch on those streaming services and we will play those voicemails on the show once more that phone number is 724-901-1783 we are part of the red five network we're proud to be members of the red five family and uh, I'm going to showcase a brand new show that joined Red 5 this week called The Lore Be With You. Uh, you can find them on The Lore Be With Y1 on Twitter. Uh, once again, that's all one word The Lore Be With Y1. Uh, their podcast, which is also hosted on Anchor, uh, their little tagline is uh, Thoughts on the Best Stories of Our Age from a Christian Perspective. And heck, they have a Green Lantern cover image, so I'm game. Right there, uh, they they got me right there. So uh, welcome to the Red Five Network. To the Lord be with you, and give them a, a listen and check them out. You can find me on the internet uh, on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Gauze eighty five. And Josh, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jedi Jar Jar seventeen twenty two. And I want to thank you once again for joining us for this episode, um, for this very dad centered episode. Um, and as Adam said, we always would love to hear from you. If you have any show ideas or any questions for us, you know, um, leave us a voicemail or, or get a hold of us on one of our socials. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, and just remember, everything we said today was true from a certain point of view.
I'm calling to let the world know that something is up with Cad Ray, and the story will come out for sure. Oh, and uh, I'd also like to really know what to watch on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, I haven't seen anything on that series yet, so if you could cover that, that'd be fantastic. Hey, Tut, give me another round. <laughs> no, no, I'm just... Hey, hey, uh, hey guys, this is Bro and Rag. Um, listen, Chuck Eubanks here. <laughs> I'm just enjoying a broth and a little night beverage or two <laughs> or more. Um, <coughs> I'm sorry. I just wanted to call in. I've been listening to your shows about your various, um, what to watch on the different platforms, and I noticed an error. Um, I'm sure it's coming up, but um, in case it doesn't, uh, I didn't notice Tam Ray Semi Productions uh, listed as one of your networks that you were uh, watching shows on, and so I wanted to recommend a few of the shows on Tam Ray Semi Productions. That's YouTube.com slash Tam Ray Semi Productions. Um, one of them is called the Chuck Eubanks Star Wars Scoop Bank. And you're really going to want to check that one out. Um, and it, you may you may recognize a familiar name. <laughs> Yours truly. Yeah, man. Just get it. Yeah, all right. Thank, thank, all right. Thank you, honey biscuit. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this waitress is not her day. Um, also... Uh, another great show to check out on there is a game show called Is It Pop-Tart or Cardboard? It's a show where, um, actually, you know, you know what? I, I also host that show, coincidentally, um, where I show you a piece of cardboard or a piece of Pop-Tart, and you have to decide which it is anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, I would check that out. There's also, uh, Chuck Eubank's Star Wars Scoop Bank episode two, three, and I think there's an episode four. So I would highly recommend all of those at Camry Semi Productions. Um, and yeah, I think that's about it. Everything else on there is pretty, pretty much garbage. <laughs> so thanks anyway, Bro and Rad, uh, for taking my call. Uh, I'm looking forward to being back on your show soon. Um, once you start talking about Star Wars again, instead of all this other stuff. Um, all right, I gotta go. <laughs> this is Chuck Eubanks.